Welcome to Reinvent. When we think about our schools, we remember teachers, classrooms, and exams. But few months back, I came across a school with no teachers, no classrooms, and no exams. The schools are called NOOCs, and a NOOC is a learning space where anyone in the community, irrespective of different age groups, can come, learn whatever they want, and everything is for free. It was fascinating. At the same time, I have lot of questions to ask. So today I talked to Abhijit Sinha the founder of Project Defy to get to know all interesting facts about his organization and the great work they're doing let's start the conversation without wasting any time Firstly thank you so much for coming to my show It's my pleasure thank you for inviting me So you quit your job then went to a village why did you decide to go to a village you have a lot of options to do i mean what what was the motive behind that so i so i came to bangalore after college because i got a job and uh, i actually started working at a software company here um at a pretty decent salary and uh, even the company was nice in the sense that uh, there'd be a lot of parties and a lot of gifts and you know you could you could wear whatever you want you don't have to call anybody sir or madam um but that was it you know these side things were good but the main job was pretty boring pretty disinteresting um and it had no um uh, you know connection with actually uh, people <laughs> whatever you are doing is just going into a computer um it didn't feel like i'm doing anything that um, actually changes anything for anyone uh, as soon as we reached the uh, end of the year in 2013 um i uh, put in my papers and i just said uh, to my uh, boss that uh, um hey i am not going to be working here from tomorrow there is not going to be any notice period or anything i just can't do this anymore this is just not me um so that's uh, that's the uh, thing and there was no plan there was no uh, you know nothing that oh yeah i know what i'm going to do next i'm going to go to a village or whatever nothing like that it was just uh, the first part was to get rid of something i really feared and so once i quit then uh, somehow uh, uh, i don't know whether you want to call it destiny or fate or whatever but i started meeting interesting people and um, among those people was um, uh, this person who was the founder um, uh, who's the founder of uh, an organization called jaga and um, so his name is freeman and uh, together uh, and i met freeman and i told him that i've quit my job and um, yeah that's about it and i told him what uh, is it uh, i mean i was always into computers and software and so on um and so he said that uh, hey you know what we are starting a, a program um uh, right outside the city in a small uh, village um and why don't you come along and uh, you can be there you can help us out and um and also stay there and uh, as well and that to me sounded like a great idea because I didn't want to live in the city anymore. Uh, of course I couldn't afford to live in the city anymore as well, but uh, at the same time I felt that if I stay in the city without a job, uh, even in the eyes of my friends I would be a, sort of like a failure and I didn't want to I didn't want that. So um I decided to uh, to um, to go with uh, Jaga and uh, start living in this village uh, outside the city. Um and 
and then <laughs> you know start discovering uh, a whole new life uh, for me and then the experiments happened so i mean i heard in lot of your interviews that you were surprised by the way how children reacted to the equipment you guys have provided there right in that village <laughs> um yeah i mean there was no us or people at that point so i was just helping um and uh, uh, build this program uh, with jaga which was um, a totally different program but at the same time I, we started uh, sort of slowly understanding what's happening in the village a few things came to notice like you know that the, uh, there are nobody really has access to computers or internet the nearest um uh, you know the nearest uh, cyber cafe is also like 5 6 kilometers away um even the school does not seem to have any computers and um some of the students said that you know the, there were a few computers but then they were sort of uh, sold away or given away or whatever so um uh, so we there was something very interesting about this village uh, it's called banjara palayan um what was interesting was that uh, this village which is only like 15 kilometers away from bangalore city was like 15 years back in time because bangalore is this it hub everybody seems to have a computer um and and uh, and and then 15 kilometers away it's a, a totally forgotten dream um so that's where the story started and and um, um i did nothing about that directly um but uh, i used to sit with my friends at the uh, at that local tea shop um and uh, play games on my mobile phone and uh, uh, you know uh, kids used to come out around the same time in the afternoon um from their school and then they started noticing uh, me playing games on my phone um and and um at some point i uh, they asked for the phone and i handed it over to them and uh, only by watching for a few days what i'm doing with my phone uh they were able to pick it up and uh, the group of them started playing uh, temple run which is the game i used to play them um as if you know they were playing it forever and that was very surprising for me because i didn't see a smartphone at all or 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 i did not uh, think that they would be uh, able to do that but they were very seamlessly able to uh, to play and in a few days they broke my uh, broke my scores and so on and even i stopped playing temple run uh, because uh, they had already exceeded me and um, however so that that was interesting and so i thought hey let's try this out with laptops and so i borrowed uh, my you know all of these guys who were staying in the farm um the fellows from the program um i borrowed their laptops and invited the kids to uh, to just come and um uh, play games uh, the only thing was that when they came um they were not giving uh, any instructions they i i just turned around and started playing games on my laptop and and left them to do whatever they want with uh, the laptops that were arranged on the table and of course they were connected to the internet and but but nothing else was told uh, of what to do how to do nothing and um it took them 3 hours this time and then after 3 hours when i turned around to see what are the kids doing all of these you know 10 to 14 year olds um and i see that they're sitting nicely two per laptop and and then they're playing games like car racing and barbie and so on and uh, they are not even uh, you know the, the these games are not even there in the laptop they're actually uh, they have found these games somehow on the browser and they're actually uh, playing these games on the internet without even knowing what the internet is without knowing english without knowing how to use a computer and all that but somehow they managed it and 
um and that was the the enlightening experience i guess which uh, said something about the education system that uh, you know our assumption is that nobody can do anything without being taught uh, which is not true you know people can teach themselves uh, something that they don't know and uh, they can figure things out and that is what makes humans human and um, these kids because just because they wanted to play games they were uh, they figured it out and um and it did not need for them to know how to use a computer or how to speak english and so on um and um, uh, they uh, they were able to to push uh, themselves to do something which was uh, you know uh, assumed impossible for them um and so we started doing more things you know just not just playing games but uh, i had a full uh, set of tools with me uh, hammer hacksaw screwdriver and so on and uh, i just put them all on the wall um and uh, we started going on to youtube finding interesting uh, videos interesting things to build and uh, we started building stuff um, the only thing was that we didn't have any money neither me nor those kids uh, we only had some tools and um, so for for materials for building stuff you need sometimes wood sometimes plastic sometimes thermocore um i don't know lo- lots of metals or whatever that there you need things to build to build something so we started um finding things in what people were throwing away um uh, at the in, you know uh, from their houses and we started picking up those things cleaning them up and using it in our projects um and that became so interesting that you know uh, lots of kids started coming they would come build something um create something either for themselves or just for fun uh, they even started inviting their elder brothers and sisters you know uh, uh, uncles aunties parents grandparents and uh, eventually in that tiny village we started getting like 60 70 people coming to the space and um uh, that became a little bit difficult to handle because now it was not possible to do one project with one hammer screwdriver with all the 70 people so um so the, the kids sort of uh, took care of that and they did what i did with them they broke down into smaller groups and uh, started uh, uh, creating things and thinking about what they want to do uh, together in groups uh, even sometimes when i would be sleeping i would wake up and then see that people have done something and uh, gone back home so that's how all of this sort of started and took off without a plan yeah so they come and they build stuff right uh, i mean do they solve some problems of the community or is it something which they feel you know will be helpful for themselves what will they basically build there i would say that uh, when uh, now that we have experience creating the spaces um uh, in a couple of different uh, locations we saw that when we create a space in a community that is already struggling or has uh, problems and challenges then people tend to use the space sometimes to uh, to actually try and solve uh, the problems of the community because the problems of the community are their own problems you know it is right. uh, unusual for for us actually to solve problems of the community because most of the times they are not my problems you know i'm i'm okay other people's problems i'm trying to solve but they for their uh, case the problems of the community are usually their own problems and uh, so while trying to solve their own problem uh, they start thinking of uh, others as well so uh, in many ways i think they approach it but also the space was uh, open to allow you to just have fun as well you don't necessarily have to solve a problem 
you can just come and learn or do something you don't even have to explain what you have created if it is difficult to explain and that is all right you know that is um, uh, perfectly fine you can have and uh, use the space as a uh, as a playing space um but some people have more serious aspirations some people want jobs some people want to uh, do something about uh, a problem some people want to create their own business everything is welcome because the space is ultimately there so whatever is the collection of aspirations that they have is the aspiration of the space so i mean initially it is new for you also right because you were also yeah. in the phase of discovering how this is going to work but when did you realize that this can be an alternative way of i mean way for children to learn and how did you come up with the name and all i mean when did you decide we can you know take this as organization or create some kind of a movement so i started all of this uh, in around 2014 around march and then um w- what i did was uh, uh, by the time it was end of the year um uh, december or so um, i felt that yeah this place is actually already become a pretty good learning space um and people are coming and learning and building whatever they want you know they're actually doing all sorts of things even art and and music and that is uh, uh they they're not really asking for my help you know only for simple things or maybe i'm just like the doorkeeper i'm opening the place and closing the place and uh, making sure that the tools are there so um i i uh, did my final experiment in that uh, uh, in in this sort of series and um i decided to leave and uh, left that entire space uh, to the people who were coming there so uh, um, i continued to pay the rent and the electricity bill but besides that we had no more money and uh, so i went away and um, left bangalore and uh, went for uh, about 3 months to um, Megha- uh, you know different parts of the country including meghalaya and so on and then after 3 months i came back to uh, to see what is happening with the space that i completely left to the the you know village and uh, th- there was quite a lot of things in that space already because there were some laptops that got donated there were some uh, a lot of tools and materials that we had somehow uh, gathered and um, uh, my expectation on coming back was that you know half the laptops will not be working half the tools would be missing and uh, it would uh, really be sort of an abandoned space but uh, that did not happen and um, when i came back i saw that there are actually a lot of people there uh, many people who i don't even know uh, there was even more tools than before tools that uh, you know things that community was actually putting into the space no you know they were not taking or stealing things from the space they were actually adding to the space and um uh, yeah. uh, all at uh, the most amazing part was that all of these new people had no idea who i was uh, or who started the space it didn't matter the space belonged to them so this is i think the first uh, time when i realized that yeah this is a, a um, this is truly a learning model you know this is something that works um and it works even without me and that is what i really wanted it to happen that um it should be able to do this even in my absence and so um because it was doing that that gave me the first bit of confidence however there was one big uh, piece missing which was that i know i knew that this is happening but i did not know why this is happening so people are coming are coming and learning by themselves right that that, that, that is happening here but uh, all my life in my middle class family and then uh, uh, education and so on 
everybody told me that uh, this is not how education works right everybody told me that this is not how people learn uh, you need to take uh, all of these uh, uh, people who don't know anything and because you know something you can teach them um but that was not the case here and so i started uh, reading and i got also a fellowship uh, i became a participant at the kanthari program in uh, kerala more or less to to just take some time to understand how this is happening so i left again and um the space continued it continues till today also but um i went to kerala to uh, to to actually uh, ask for help from other people who are uh, you know all of these international participants that um who were there also to create their own projects and i wanted to ask for help and feedback uh, that you know what is it that uh, this thing is and how does it work um and why does it work and then i realized that actually there's a lot of people who have been talking about it um you know from uh, a part of that goes into gandhi's naitalim uh, or, or summer hill schools or um uh, you know uh, so many so many different instances uh, so many people like john holt who you know uh, or uh, ken robinson who talked about um radically the education system and and uh, putting the power into the hands of the learners themselves and every process that i had to go to understand that how this works and how why this is working and when that happened then uh, then we felt okay um this thing needs uh, you know uh, needs a push this needs to go to other places uh, reach more communities it needs a name at least and uh, and maybe we need to create an <laughs> create an organization to uh, as a vehicle to take it to other uh, other communities so um i called in um so uh, all of this time there were two people who um uh, megha and arvind uh, these were the guys who were helping with that rent money and electricity money and uh, i asked them that hey you know what let's register something let's become an organization um and then uh, we will um uh, we will take it to more places and so we started doing that it took me almost a year i was learning everything from scratch i was just an engineering student i did not know anything about like how to build an organization and so on so i was making a lot of mistakes learning uh, from from the beginning took a hell lot of time um and we 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 decided that you know the even while at kanthari um the the very essence of this um idea was that um uh, it was challenging uh, the the way we understand or think about education it was not just another education format or it was not just another little change or something good to have on the side of education or complementary to education it was actually independent of the mainstream education system you could learn here even if you never went to school and uh, okay. that meant that we needed to to give it a name that was just as challenging you know and um, uh, just as critical of the uh, uh, education model that we see today so so we named it uh, project defy um there's many reasons for that name but uh, i mean defy of course means to challenge you know the status quo the word project is there because we feel that as an organization there is a time period that we want to exist for and once we have solved our purpose we do not need to exist further so uh, we we have a very specific uh, sort of end goal we want to reach there and then we will be irrelevant and we can be we, we would have done our job and defy does not need to exist after that um and then we felt that okay when we say um as something that needs to challenge the education model uh then we are talking about the problem right but we are not talking about the solution 
so defined and expanded as a design education for yourself which was the solution so um the problem and the solution are both in the same word or the same name uh, depending on how you read it uh, and that is why we chose that name okay so i mean when we talk about designing education for yourself i mean i only remember the word democratizing education right because if you see the conventional mainstream education a learner really don't have a choice on what he have to learn or in which space he has to you know learn particular thing do you think that is one of the biggest challenges your organization tries to solve yes i think choice is the ultimate challenge and um uh, the very uh, essence of choice means you should be able to control what you want to learn how you want to learn and when you want to learn um and you should be the one who ultimately decides it's not just that okay i allow you to say something in this but no you should be the one who ultimately decides and that is very important because uh, even the word democratic uh, education has been thrown around so much where sometimes you see certain education models or, or or programs where okay we let the kids speak for 5 minutes and that is democratic learning that is not democratic learning you right. have the the uh, you know you can make the ultimate choice um, and others are there to help not the you know not the other way around so um yes i think choice is at the very center of our vision since uh, you said that like a lot of times a lot of different age groups from the community come to the space and make stuff right so i just wanted to ask does community engagement in the space will lead to community enhancement because that is clearly not happening in our education system because we all don't really care about what community needs it's just our own self progress so do you really yeah. think this is a this as a model where you know we can promise community enhancement enhancement because that should be one of the main purpose of actually for us to learn right yeah so um or i'd like to be pretty black and white here so i feel that uh, the education system is actually community destruction um it is uh, not just ignoring the community is actively destroying it how is it doing that uh, it is doing that by putting into the minds of people that you can succeed while others will fail in fact you will succeed only when you beat everybody else so uh how can right. how can community exist in that environment and uh this is where i have had a lot of fights with a lot of educators who say that oh but when a kid goes to school that's a social environment no that's not a social environment you know you put a lot of kids there together but they are competing right i have had testimonies from children who go to school and then come to the nook and they say that you know at school the same kids i go you know i, I go there and uh, you know they they don't want to help me they hide their answer sheets they are very rude to me and then we come here and then we are helping each other and working together so um that model of uh, education which is currently mainstream is actively designed to to destroy communities and and of course it you know that makes a lot of sense if you think about when it was created for what purpose it was brought to india um and uh, why the british uh, uh, thought that it's a good idea to bring this kind of you know uh, individualized uh, or or, or um, uh, such a, an education system that makes you believe that you will succeed on your own um on the other hand uh, when you see a nook or when you come to a nook it is all about the community it is all about um uh, first of all 
uh, when we see even in villages sometimes that the community they're staying together in the same village but there is no community anymore because of so many ch- problems so many challenges and again this sort of central idea that i come before others right so um they right. We, when when they come to the space they understand first what is the value of other people you know what are other people capable of they see it with their own eyes they see what they themselves are capable of that's second and then third is they see where they need help from us and we need help from them right so this codependence is what gives them a true feeling of community and of course the whole space is left for them uh, to run so that pushes them even further to cooperate and to do things together to learn uh, to uh, to coexist and it gives them an excuse to interact with each other at the very least so uh, that is what i think the nook does is uh, active community building even if the community completely does not exist uh it helps bring people together it helps uh, uh, friendships happen and and actually connections happen and why uh this whole multi age uh system where people from different age groups are all there in the same space at the same time because that is exactly what a community means it's uh, different kinds of people different ages of people and they should all have equal voice uh in in the same space maybe some people have more experience but maybe some people have more creativity and they should all be able to interact with each other our education system tells us that uh, even somebody who's one year older than me cannot learn with me and one year younger than me cannot learn with right me. so and then we worry about why there is so much gap between uh, or we, we are not able to communicate with our parents our children we are not able to connect with the rest of the generations why the, why is that happening why why do we see that all the uh, you know big old uh, uh, capitalists do not care about what happens to the younger generation the younger generation does not uh, necessarily want to listen to opinions of uh, the older ones all of this happens from that very simple thing you are not allowed to learn with right. one year above one year below so uh, how will you make connections with people who are much much more different in your age uh, than uh, than uh, than what you are so uh, that's um, that is if you just so so when we talk about nooks uh, nook is what we call our spaces uh, if we talk about uh, nooks uh, they um it is not necessarily the most amazing or most uh, you know brilliant design or anything uh, we just took the education system and cut out the bullshit from it right so remove all the nonsense and then right. you have a nook basically and <laughs> when you remove the nonsense you see that you remove a lot of things which have really no logical reason to be there and uh, then what you're left with is actually a community of people who care about each other and who want each other to uh, to succeed because uh, when they succeed we succeed and that's the the um uh, feeling that we try to uh, to recreate in the space right i completely relate those words okay so after like the first nook was done you got a clear picture of what is happening this is what is happening yeah so what was the process for establishing a second one is it a community requested you to you know build one or you guys have chose particular community to go ahead i think the second one was uh um i think there were two spaces that came up parallelly almost so one was when uh, a space that uh, we were asked to create in uganda in east africa um and somebody saw our video and then they invited us and I, they just bought flight tickets and invited us to the refugee camp um and said hey uh, create this space here and so we co-created it with the refugees there uh, staying together with them in the camp 
um, almost around the same time, there was another person who was in doing the space uh, in Mangalore. And then, uh, so what we did was we sent one of the uh, more experienced learners from our existing space and uh, sent him to go and help out uh, to create the space in Mangalore. Now, both of these had very different outcomes. And uh, if I look today, I think neither by itself is the, is the best outcome that we try to get now. But uh, they were both very important learnings for us. We thought that we could just go and create uh, so easily the same thing or same process in other communities, but it was not. We needed to learn a lot. Uh, we needed to learn how to work with people, how to collaborate with people, how to communities that we have no idea about you know, um, uh, how we must be open to changing plans. So um, what happened with the Ugandan space was it, uh, we created the space, it worked beautifully and it expanded super fast um, and it got lots of money and it became independent and uh, 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 generated uh, lots and lots of people uh, who came out as, um, you know, entrepreneurs or business folk or, or and, uh, even a film crew and so on. And I think it benefited uh, a lot of people and continues to do so. Uh, on the other hand, what happened with the Mangalore space was, I think there was a lot of uh, misunderstanding that we did not really clarify um, uh, of our partners. Uh, we did not understand what are our expectations from them. We did not put anything in writing. And so uh, eventually things fell off and the space was sort of, uh, even though it was, it existed for six months and had quite a lot of impact on the local women um, and helped some of them start businesses. But uh, otherwise we, uh, after that point, we, the partnership broke off and then we had to close the space. Um, and uh, that was the end of that. So we, we failed basically the, the you know, and, uh, um, and then in the other case, uh, there was just an amazing kind of success. Um, and we needed to understand the, both these things. We need to learn from both these things so that we, uh, we know that these are mistakes that are possible and we don't repeat them again. This is the possibility of what kind of success it can reach and we try to repeat those again. So, um, uh, so these were the, this is the story of the next mm. two spaces, uh, a big success and a big failure. And uh, both of that helped us to then do all of these other spaces that we did after that, uh, where we were uh, much, much better, much more successful. And each next space got better and better and better. Right. Uh, when you talk about the Uganda phase, I just remembered that, you know, this the nook idea there worked with the refugees who were, you know, who were basically, you know, marginalized and very vulnerable groups and they are coming to nukes and they are empowering themselves with skills or whatever whatever yeah. so do you see this as a social movement where uh, it can give voice or it can at least give power to this marginalized vulnerable groups to you know voice out their opinions or stand for what they feel is right something like that absolutely i mean i think there are many other organizations also who are in their own different ways uh, a part of that social movement to give power into the hands of uh, people who are traditionally disempowered. So um, that is even our vision to, you know, to bring uh, education back into the hands of the people because education or controlling education is power. And if somebody else controls it and not you, then, you know, you are never truly in control of your life. So, um, yes, we are uh, definitely a part of that movement and um, from, from our own way, trying to show that how, uh, you know, all of these people who 
traditionally have been thought of as charity cases or oh, these poor people they need help they have these black and white photos of hungry uh, kids not that it is not true but uh that is not the picture we want to paint we want to paint a picture that yeah they are struggling they are in difficult times but they are capable of getting out of that themselves uh they are capable of uh, of uh, you know building themselves forward they are not charity they don't need your uh, pity uh they need um, uh, probably a little bit of support uh, and then they will be able to to get out of those, that situation themselves um and and better than what somebody can tell them you know this is what you should do because they are following their own path right yeah right and so i mean talking about this these days uh, this has become a famous publicity tool saying that you know we are moving into child centric education <laughs> yeah. child centric learning yeah. in a, but in every alternative which we choose to follow or which they choose to publicize i mean teaching students stays the same right yeah. i mean they always are in a view that they have to teach the children because they don't you know know what to yeah. do in this case how do you see the movement going further right yeah. because the alternatives we are choosing i mean doing yeah. the same mistake which we have been doing from lot of time that's very right and i'm very glad that you bring that up because uh, see there's something we must understand that uh, we must not uh, underestimate the mainstream education system it has been around for much longer than we have so uh, it will have a lot of resilience it will prevent or or try to to not change because it has inertia right it will try not to be changed or not to be right. challenged and this is one of those ways you know because it has done so much damage to us already that even when we say child centric we are not able to imagine anything besides uh, teaching kids uh, the same way that we have always and it it is just language a new jargon that come has come up and it is thrown around a lot in uh, conferences uh, as well especially in conferences and especially i mean uh, the funniest thing is that there are these child centric uh, you know ch- child centric uh, learning is everybody talks about that but then you go to these conferences and there is not a single child there so 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 then you try to think that what do they mean by child centric right and i heard this once so there was some very famous person a uh, very big uh, education organization and uh, some chairman or vice chairman or something like that and uh, she was saying that you know um, uh, we have to build child centric education uh, we have to decide for children what is best for them keeping them at the center of our thought process so that is what they mean by by right. child centric and that, i saw this again and again so what people have started thinking is oh child centered means think about the child first no that is not what it means child centered that's why child centered is a really bad word because um it should be self uh, learning or or self driven or uh, child led or something like that because child centered just means that okay people could could look at it in many different ways and just focus on the child but never give the child the chance to speak so uh, to me that has lost its meaning because um ch- you know there are, there's a lot going on under the hood of child centric which is absolutely not child centric it is sometimes not even child friendly so <laughs> it is uh, it's uh, more or less a, a joke to me i think after this i just want to ask suppose if if you want to establish a nook in a community what goes behind i mean what is the background work you guys will do i'm also trying to understand that 
uh, the people in the community must be habituated to how the nuke works right do you do initial conditioning or something like that to help sort of people to habituate to how nuke work or something uh, in the broad sense actually you you used a very interesting word right conditioning so conditioning is something right. a school has to do you know look at when you send a kid at, at the age of 3 to uh, the the nursery class and then the uh, k- kindergarten and so on right goes crying comes crying <laughs> until he stops crying <laughs> so um so that's the conditioning they are telling people no 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 it's not right it's not right it's not right it's not right don't do this don't do that don't do this don't do that nooks are not like that right nooks yeah. are about question we don't condition we question we uh, we our job you know even to get people uh to to be a part of the space or the process is to get them used to asking questions to themselves and what they see around them right so even uh, i mean there's a whole lot of thing that goes in the background we first have to find money for the project then we have to make sure all the partners are ready and then uh, you know sometimes the projects are very far away so uh, flight tick- lots of things the space has to be finalized tools have to be bought but ultimately we all land up in the same space with all these people from the surrounding surrounding area and what we are doing from the beginning is asking people to think uh, in fact we even tell them that don't just believe us because you know a lot of times outsiders have come they made you believe something and they made a fool of you right uh, for us that was the british uh, for uh, rwanda that was belgians uh, you know lots of different kinds right. of people who came from outside told them this is what should be and and then you agreed to it without thinking and then that was bad so don't even trust us uh, so easily uh, question question what we say question what you say um, and and every day we will practice our questioning so that's how we begin that's how we start um, we st- we start with asking questions and nobody is answering so we are the ones answering then we start asking questions and then sometimes we get some answers then we start uh, getting some questions also from the audience um, and then we are the ones answering then we start redirecting the questions that the audience is asking back to the audience <laughs> from the community to the community right. so so they start having discussions they are the ones asking questions they are the ones answering questions so then we can step back and just watch because now the discussion is happening automatically um in the community so we did not condition them uh we just asked uh, them to uh, to to ask and slowly some confidence is built uh because the knowledge is there you know people are not illiterate as we uh, think that they are uh, this old whole drama about literacy and about uh, numeracy and people need to first learn how to read how to write no they first learn how need to learn how to be they first need to learn about their environment the place where they are uh, the people that they belong to the uh, history that they have there's a lot of things to learn uh, learning about letters and numbers is like a shortcut that's just like oh yeah that's easy to measure so let's put that as a goal even at the national level that has no meaning now you can see there are tons of people who can write them you know write and read and are they necessarily can you count them as educated can you count them as uh, people who make uh, uh, good decisions for their communities no they don't they, 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 that's not that, that is not a good measure so um the, the, we we try to uh, to ask people to think about what is important to them and then start making decisions and once that cycle is start, is really moving forward uh, then they don't need us then we leave and uh, the space is there they will figure out with time uh, what is best for them they don't need some outsiders for um, for helping them forever
right the use of conditioning word clearly reflected that i am a i am in i am into this you know conventional <laughs> education space i am a product of that basically we all are we all are yeah, yeah. we all are yeah so uh, i mean every community has different situations or different you know cultural identities right Pro- i mean keeping the space inclusive is one of the major op- objectives is what i feel so yeah. i mean do you have any instances where lack of inclusiveness is a problem or something yeah and so that is the thing where uh, it is uh, the most difficult um, so we we want the space to have certain values right but we let the community decide on the rules and regulations so um uh, how our process works is we talk a lot about the values uh, of the space that we believe in and and uh, allow uh, or or even ask encourage people to ask questions about those values now, one of those values is of course inclusion uh, at so many different levels from genders to uh, religions to um, uh, sexual identities and so on and uh, most communities tend to have uh, some or the other bias uh, against something or the other right so um uh, so if um if we if we don't question those biases then we don't progress then we don't move forward um and so uh, that is another thing that you know education or educators shy from thinking that it is so controversial how can you talk about religion how can you talk about uh, uh you know uh, sex or sexual identity how can you talk about um uh, about gender roles because uh, these communities have their own way of thinking absolutely they have and i'm not telling them that they should change because i'm saying that they should change uh, but uh, we all need to get comfortable with questions so if i make myself vulnerable to their questions then they make themselves vulnerable to mine and that's how we bring up questioning and and uh, discussing the values of the space and then it's a very you know sort of an ongoing process and that's where sometimes we have to support the space even from a distance to make certain decisions um uh, when they are uh, sort of stuck uh, you know very recently we had a problem with one of the spaces where they thought that some of the women who are coming are sort of uh, uh, witches uh, you know uh, black magic people <laughs> and um, the whole uh, for, you know participant group is very scared very worried and we are like uh, getting these calls that hey we can't allow them and then we have to reiterate that hey you remember the values right what is the difference between that person and what you then allowed uh, this guy to come in on a wheelchair he is also different from you right uh, and and all of this witchcraft and all of that that ha- there's no evidence that right. it, it makes anything uh, you know uh, uh, bad for anyone it's a, no. a lot of superstition so a lot of times we have to uh, we have to keep uh, reiterating these uh, discussions um, about uh, what are the values what inclusion means and so that is why we have a forum uh, where all the nook managers and um, uh, are are part of that and they keep bringing we have weekly discussions and they keep bringing new new uh, problems new challenges and so that's our way to keep continuously learning we don't think that you know once you created the space it's perfect not at all Uh, uh, but it, it it strives for for getting there and so these issues must be brought to the forum so that we can we can actually discuss right so i mean that brings to the question we clearly see an increase in dropout rates that clearly shows that poor people are not interested to send their children to school because it's clearly not serving the purpose right so do you think your the interventions which your organization has been working on can be an alternate way so that we can rebuild this trust in this poor parents 
I think it, to some extent we are already uh, seeing that. Of course, it is uh, quite early to say, but I think what is happening, if you forget about even our system, but what is happening is that uh, people, especially the you know the seventy percent of India that is not um, uh, you know rich, uh, and not even middle class, I guess, where uh, people gave the school system a very good chance. They gave it a very long shot. um and they tried uh, to see that if it benefits or not uh, but they keep seeing that uh, you know ultimately we are still in a world where very few people control everything and the large number of people are still poor so i mean after what 70 years even post independence um and and what 50 years of marketing uh, and uh, uh, of sending kids more to school and still uh, i mean we don't see they, or they are not seeing even in their own villages there i've been to villages there are people who have completed mbas and are not finding a job or not finding anything to do so uh, you can't fool them for that long right like they right. at some point they start realizing that hey you know what this doesn't work and what am i doing why am i sending my kid to the first grade when i saw that the kid who finished uh, you know his graduation has no job ultimately and uh, all that time they spent so much money on the kid so um, i think i'm not saying that uh, that should be the the necessary attitude but i think that uh, people are realizing that uh, system doesn't work all sorts of people are realizing people rich people poor people middle class um uh, you know everybody seems to be realizing that something is wrong um something is is not right with right. what is going on um but maybe they haven't completely understood it yet so it might take a little bit longer but for sure this is going to change yeah i mean that brings to me the question that these days i mean i'm very glad that a lot of young people are realizing that there is something wrong and they really want to do something as a part of that a lot of them are trying to you know be in the system and want to change a lot of things how the system is you know actually working but yeah. but again as we talked before system is not going to change anytime soon so do you think if <laughs> young people just should channelize their energy to somewhere else maybe creating an al- alternative education paradigm so that it would actually help see i'll tell you this from our own experience uh right. what happens is a lot of people start out as being very creative very controversial very challenging uh to the education system right and then they try to look for support they try to look for help and then they see that all the support is available to only those who want to work with schools right, right. we were denied lots of <laughs> lots of uh you know applications and programs because we said we will not we will create completely independent parallel spaces and they said that that's not possible so so they said no and we we, we were uh, also too stubborn we will not change our model we will uh, keep doing parallel spaces because we've seen the impact of that and uh, so that's the thing that there is too much disc- discouragement uh, for people who want to actually radically change how learning works so you see that most young people end up creating programs uh, for after school or with school some additional stuff um, you know add a little here add a little there um, but not uh, think of a new learning space or a new learning system uh, something that has nothing to do with school um, and uh, i think that uh, it, the see the support will change when the demand increases so my request right. to young people always is that you know still do it do it and still uh, you know be stubborn and say no we will create a new one 
because otherwise we keep talking about yeah let's create a new system there will be the new system and when it comes to creating it nobody wants to do it right so uh, you 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 must follow uh, nike in that sense and just do it and and and, and <laughs> uh, go on and try to create something that has nothing to do with the school but is a learning space and only those experiments uh, will will really push us forward even that is happening but i feel it's not at all enough it is not even close to being enough and uh, we 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 really need to be a little bit more courageous and as an organization we are always ready to offer help to those who want to try that we are already doing that and we are always there because we know that very few opportunities of help exist so we are always present the whole team uh, to support those people who want to really create uh, challenging ideas because uh, yeah they are like uh, uh, very important to us they are they are the gems that uh, we don't want to lose Uh, even if their method is very different from ours that doesn't matter i mean that's really great and yeah i hope in future we'll see more schools with no classrooms i just copied it from your hashtag <laughs> sorry for that yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but thank you so much for talking to me it has been a very wonderful conversation thank you so much i loved it uh, thank you for doing this and thank you for taking this conversation to a lot more other people um, it it is really 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 helpful